I'm still trying to figure out if you are running to get here at the last minute because you, know, you show up at the last minute or if you're sitting there saying, I don't want to talk to that son of a bitch for a few small talk, because if that if it is the latter, you're missing out. I had a couple good things to tell you off offline. I got some things, too. And uh, this one, no, this one, I like I lost track of time for a second. Um, but, you know, I'm always here in the nick of time. I always make it. Yeah, no, you always make it. But there's, you know, there's um, you can't just run in and play pickup basketball. You do have to shoot around a little bit. You got to, you know, get the exchange going, you know. Well, uh, you know, I, I actually disagree because sometimes you lose your best material. You know, we used to for the Yahoo show. Remember, we used to do that Yahoo show in the morning. God, I dreaded that. There were nights I was out late. Saturday night, single guy, you know, and then like had to wake up. And the funniest thing was Funston and Evans. Um, I think I could say this because they don't work there anymore. Um, I think one of the times Funston was going to throw up uh, in the wastebasket uh, in the studio because they would cut to me, cut to Evans, and there'd be like maybe you'd have 60 seconds before it got back. And he was contemplating taking off the mic and the headset, throwing up, coming back. Really? But then he realized that that he couldn't know we were going to, we, we then had a deal that anyone threw up on air, got 500 bucks from the other two, but uh, he, he realized he couldn't do it. Cause you'd have like tears in your eyes. Cause throwing up is like, you can't just throw up and like act normal because it's intense. But anyway, um, I used to dread that show because it was so early in the morning on Sunday. But one of the things that we uh, realized is we used to do a rehearsal and you know, we'd like rehearse it a bit right before the show and it was terrible because all of our best lines, all the most genuine way we delivered it, got used up in the rehearsal. And so then by the time we went live, we'd be like repeating, trying to like doesn't work, you know, make the doesn't magic work. happen. So you come in cold. You don't even, I didn't know I was going to talk about Funston contemplating throwing up in a wastebasket, you know, 60 seconds ago. Yeah. But there you have it. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk a little bit uh, NFL conspiracy theories. I, I know you wrote a, a piece on Real Man Sports, Chris Liss, about is the NFL fixed? It, it, coincidentally, as you're writing that, I had this idea because this is that week in between Super Bowl where I almost think it's silly to start doing Super Bowl talk. We could hit on it a little bit some of the teams that got eliminated fantasy for next year. But this is the time where you can kind of just do anything you want. And I put up a list. I didn't send it to you because I know you you don't want any homework, but I pulled out uh, eight conspiracy theories, but mostly, you know, they they coincide with the ones that you wrote about on Real Man Wood, which is posted on Real Man Sports on Twitter. And also, I guess I'll save this for the end because I listened to the Chrysalis podcast today. I uh, I asked my wife, who's a nutritionist, about your latest round of blood tests, and I, and she has some ideas why um, your your A one C was spiking, even though you fast, uh, even though you cut out all sugar. So I'll save that for the end. You know. Okay. Good. Interested. I I need this expert uh, opinion yep. on this. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so okay. So let's start with um, just using your piece as a framework. You, know, you hear it all the time. Is the NFL fixed? I mean, there's a couple examples where it, it would be a hell of a coincidence, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, first off, I mean, you know, I just really have no patience for the fucking credulous rubes who were like, fixed? Are you a conspiracy theorist? Like, after all that's happened, after they locked you in your home uh, because of this virus, after they like, made you say oh you when you're sitting at the table you don't need your mask but if you get up to go to the bathroom you need to put the mask on like you literally lived through that and now you're like oh but you know nothing could be amiss i must trust everything at face value 
I, I just have no patience for that conspiracy theory. And that's the end of the discussion type of people. Like if you're one of those people, please don't watch these videos, you know, just, just leave because your mind is so broken um, in its limitations and trying to, you know, tell yourself you're a good person or you're, the, you know, I just, I, I just have no respect for that. So, so I think those just, people left a long time ago. We're, yeah, we're now with the people that are good, interested. Good riddance. Okay. So that doesn't mean that every conspiracy is true no, ma- true, no matter how many of them happen to come true the last few years. It just means you, you, you should realize a couple of things. One is powerful people and people in charge of operations, whether it's the NFL or the government or whatever, do make plans secretly um, to achieve certain ends. They do conspire. That's just human nature. Human beings have conspired since time immemorial. Okay. And if you don't have um, direct evidence or access to what they're doing, it would be perfectly natural if weird things are going on to have some theories about what they might be conspiring about. Again, it doesn't mean your theories are correct. You need evidence to decide whether your theories are correct. But the whole idea of this, like, oh, it's a conspiracy theory. We can't talk about this. Seriously, fuck off. Like, just get the fuck out of my face. Like, I just have no patience for that, that kind of uh, person anymore. I'm just, it's just, in light of what's happened, oh, the lab leak, it's a conspiracy theory. Just shut the fuck up. Sorry, I know we're on RotoWire. I'm not supposed to be saying all this stuff. Okay, fine. So, um, so let's just entertain this. So the first thing you got to realize, in major professional sports, at the highest stakes, at the highest level, we had an NBA uh, playoffs, at least one series, probably two, the Suns and Spurs, uh, Tim Donahue was literally cheating. And we don't know for sure that it was only him. And it was just a ref betting on games. It could have gone deeper. Um, and the Lakers Kings also, I was like going crazy. I love that Weber white chocolate team. And I hated the Lakers and I was in LA and I was just going crazy with the calls. And I can't believe I suffered through that now knowing that was probably, fixed okay so there's been fixed games whether it was for a lone ref or there was more to it and we don't know all the extent of it uh in major sport at the highest level so just realize this has happened okay like so this is not a conspiracy theory this is just a fact okay so now let's apply it to the nfl right it happened in the nba we know for a fact the seattle steelers super bowl was one of the most egregiously refed events i've ever seen and even afterward a ref uh, admitted that they totally blew that game and 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 probably cost uh, the Seahawks any chance to win the game and and may have was that Super Bowl fifty was that Super Bowl fifty yeah it was in it was in two thousand six it was played it was the two thousand five season it was the Steelers Seahawks wow. and it was it was a horrendous horrendous ref Super Bowl you could ask like Thornberry or Seahawks fan about it I mean it was I couldn't even watch it I had bet the Seahawks okay so I feel like they owe me money still from that okay so that was one. Uh, the other weird, a couple other weird things before we even get to the Kelsey uh, Taylor Swift thing is oh, it's Bron- oh yeah, that was Broncos Panthers was Super Bowl Fifty. Sorry, about yeah, th- this is this is yeah, it was a few before that, but anyway, so two thousand one, uh, we have nine eleven happen, and it's this you know season where we lost a week. Remember they like delayed the NFL uh, a week, and um, out of nowhere, absolutely nowhere, like absolutely nowhere the Patriots become the greatest dynasty in the history of the sport, okay? Now, they passed a law called the Patriot Act that fall, which was now, which is now known to be the greatest invasion of civil liberties um, since the- Second greatest you know, now. Well, after what happened in COVID, but at least yeah. at the time. And, and that law, I mean, the COVID stuff was sort of like extrajudicial. I mean, it wasn't even legal, most of the COVID stuff. But this right. was- the other you know, one was legal, 100%. Yeah, they passed it. It was called the Patriot Act, okay? And, you know, Snowden- for those 
I don't mean to interrupt you, Liz, but for those who weren't born, even then, like younger people, Patriot Act basically allowed the government to spy on you. Illegally spy. Yeah. I mean, you you know, without getting a court order from the judge. Right. And, you know, we have a constitution, which is the supreme law of the land. It supersedes every when the president gets sworn, he doesn't swear to protect you or keep you safe or any of that bullshit you hear on TV. He protects. He swears an oath to uphold the Constitution of the United States, which is the supreme law of the land. It supersedes the courts, the legislature. They can't make laws that violate the Constitution. But this one kind of did because you have like a right, you know, again, against um, unreasonable search and seizures. You have right to due process, all these things that, as you just said, without a warrant, they can't, they're not supposed to be spying on American citizens. And there's history of case law, you know, limiting, showing what the limits and interpreting the Constitution um, to, to that end. And so they basically passed this law after 9-11, you know, terrorism, viruses, ISIS, cholesterol, aliens, whatever it is to scare you. And so they, they passed this law and Snowden showed the extent to which it was being abused um, in 2013. And coincidentally, there was a dynasty ushered in called the Patriots out of nowhere with a quarterback who was a nobody, with a coach who had never had any, you know, sustained success except as a coordinator. Um becoming the greatest dynasty in the history of, of the sport. Now, okay, I'm not saying that the Patriots, you know, that that's, you know, completely fake or whatever. I'm just saying it's a hell of a coincidence that when they needed, after 9-11, the Patriots were the team and the Patriot Act was passed just as they were becoming the team. I mean, that's pretty weird. Another weird thing. Okay, so that's, what's that? So, all right, fine. That's the first one, right? No big deal, right? I, I mean, mean, it may not be the first, but it's the first one that occurred to me as being very weird, Okay. And then, okay, uh, another one was, you know, Hurricane Katrina happens, right? New Orleans gets destroyed. Uh, the Bush administration just has a horrific uh, debacle of a response to it. What was this, like 2006-ish? 2005, okay, okay. it happens. Um, and so, um, all of a sudden, the Saints find themselves, I think, in the NFC Championship game uh, that year. They lost to the Bears, uh, or the following year. And then the Saints are, like, sort of a little, not a dynasty, but, like, they won a Super Bowl Manning through that pick six that's taken to the house during the Super Bowl. Um, you know, it was just like suddenly the Saints are one of the best teams in football. Okay, fine. Just a coincidence that that happened. And then now we have this, you know, Kelsey Taylor Swift. And I got an email uh, from a guy. I don't know if he wants his name on air, but I'll just say his name is Jay. Send me an email. And the email says, so I'm at a neighbor's. I'm at my neighbor's house. She's a, she's a, well, I won't say where. She's a, you know, a high up executive. And she said she went to the Taylor Swift concert. Wait, what do you mean the, she's a high up executive? I don't think people can understand. At, at, at a company. She's like a, she's okay. like a, so she's in a corporate box at an NFL. She's game. in a corporate box and she's like a senior executive at a company that does business, you know, and has access to that box. And she said uh, she went to the Taylor Swift concert in the SoFi suite and said Goodell was there too with Taylor Swift um, or at the Taylor Swift concert. Uh, and this was pre Kelsey. And she thinks he came up with the idea there. To sort of, you know, um, anyway, it's just this is just somebody. No, keep you know, going. Right? I'm in, you okay. know me, I love okay. this. Just stuff. somebody <laughs> sent, sent it to me. Okay. Th- this that, you podcast know, is Goodell about is what, right. So they're watching, you know, that Goodell's at a Taylor Swift concert in the box. Uh, why is he at a Taylor Swift concert? I don't know. Maybe he's a, he's a Swifty. Um, but the point is that, uh, that a real man is not a Swifty. So that's, you a know, real man is, right? yeah, a real man <laughs> is not a Swifty. No, 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 real man no, 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 no way. So, Anyway, my, my point is just that, like, you know, so so my thesis and my my working thesis was um, that and, and I had kind of a joke in the uh, in my latest uh, in, in the championship game observations. I don't know if you saw it about Kelsey, 
but with the mustache, you know, it looks like one of the guys in the village people. Right. It looks like he's uh, gay. He he looks gay. Right. And so I was like, this is just an arranged marriage. You know, it's sort of a beard situation, Mm -hmm. but you know, I'm just joking. I have no idea. The po- my point is just. By that- the way, do you remember the moment you found out the village people were gay? Like, because I liked the music, not that uh, I didn't like, it, but I was like, "Whoa, okay." That was at a time in the eighties, you know, late eighties, mid eighties. You, you, you know, like I wasn't as into them. I mean, I knew the YMCA song, but yeah, I that's what I'm saying. How do you, yeah, you know? Yeah. Everyone knew that song. Well, and there's yeah, other tracks I, that are good too, but I mean, you you knew like half the musicians you liked were probably gay. You know, oh, the, why you would know- you think a bunch of guys from the village in New York City dressing up in in costumes would be gay? I just wouldn't even think that that would be. Oh wait, well, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, and when you're but when you're like 11 or 12, like you don't yeah. really, you know, you don't, you're just you don't really think about that stuff in that way. Right. But the point is that um, that. It, my Kelsey. working thesis was basically that that this was sort of a a branding corporate reach exercise that Pfizer, you know, gave Kelsey this twenty million dollars to advertise their product. And Kelsey obviously is a, you know one of the greatest tight ends of all time, but he's not a household name outside of the NFL. Why would you pay someone like that twenty mil? Well, you know, if you have this thing where he's dating Taylor Swift, now it's easily worth that. The publicity is massive. There's a crossover benefit to you know to the NFL, there's sort of a wider thing that's okay. Like now it makes sense. And it's sort of like, let's get Kelsey's people and Taylor Swift's people and Pfizer's people and the NFL's people and create this big marketing uh, phenomena by merging these two powerful forces together. Um, and that was sort of my working thesis. Like it's kind of like an arranged marriage. Are they really dating? I don't know. You know, I was sort of a joke saying he's gay, but is this, you know, they could just, it's a reality show. Like, what does it matter if they're actually dating? It's just for them. They're like, yeah, give me the money. And people are like, well, Taylor Swift doesn't need the money. And I doubt she does, but you know, there's uh, the Carlisle group actually owns all of Taylor Swift's catalog apparently. And so there's some weird stuff with that, that she doesn't own the catalog. Somebody bought it. Um, and so you can go down that rabbit hole if you want. Um, but, but these, but, but people like this are addicted to more fame, more attention, the attention economy. So you would think that there's still value in it for her to doing something like this. Yeah. And there's also like darker things. I don't know about her, but like, you know, th- we, you know, we oh, know like, well, also just like, you know, the, the whole Epstein story, like, what is that about? Was he a financier? Almost certainly not. Right. He was a black man. It was a blackmail operation, intelligence operation. I don't think that's even, I mean, again, if you're like, oh, that's a conspiracy theory. No, no, no. Like, there's nobody ever did a trade with Jeffrey Epstein. He wasn't a real financier. Um, and so it's like, how did he get this money? What was the purpose of this whole operation? Having politicians, the famous people was blackmail is, is having control over them. And I think that's pretty well acknowledged or understood at this point. And so the question is like, you know, are, are some of these NFL owners, I mean, Robert Kraft got busted. I mean, this is, I'm not making this up. He literally thought like he could just go to some random massage parlor um, and, you know, and, and have his way. And if he was willing to do that, like what else does he, what, what else has he done? What about the other NFL owners? Were they sort of uh, Epstein clients or did, did he even have to just be Epstein? I mean, there were probably tons of operations of this sort that we don't even know about. So again, I don't have any specific evidence on this and I'm not trying to say, mm-hmm. you know, this is, this is what happened. I'm just saying there, you could speculate that, you know, why would they do this? Do they need the money? Whatever. Why does why does half of Washington do anything it does? Why are they sending money to Ukraine still in a, like a failed effort? They're sending literally like tens of billions of dollars to Ukraine, and like nobody, no, like almost nobody in America wants their tax money going to that. Why is that still happening? And and so you know, th- there's there's wider things than sort of the obvious. Like, well, how much money is she making? Does she need? She doesn't need the money. Why would she do this? 
again, I don't know for you know, I don't know for sure. But, but did you did you see any of the video of them on the field? It it, it seems very manufactured as well. Did you do you see any like the uh, like well, you don't scroll on like uh, Instagram or TikTok or any of that stuff. But you know, they're like, hey baby, hey honey, hey kiss kiss. You know, like um, I don't know. It just seemed kind of goofy. You know, yeah, I mean, I mean. Look, all I know is it is okay. So this is totally possible that they organically, without any sort of, you know, their people meeting or hatching a plan or whatever, um, somehow, you know, got to know each other um, and started dating and they like each other. And she's like, hey, you know what? Even though it's going to be a big, you know, distraction and get me a lot of attention and you a lot of attention that, you know, maybe neither of us need or want, I like I'll show up at the games, yeah. right? And I just want to support you with the games and I'll go to each game, right? Not just one game, even though, you know, I don't know how much of a real football fan she ever was, but I'll go to every single game knowing that it's going to be like a big story in the NFL, obviously. Um, it's possible that that's just completely organic and it's just a, a lovely story of boy meets girl and she's a fan going to the games. It, it's possible. I mean, of course it's possible. It just seems far-fetched to me. Like she knows she's like a big, it's going to cause a big, you know, draw and right. controversy. And, and I think it, and I think like more likely, like they're, I think the most likely story at this point is their people got together, thought it was a good marketing opportunity. Pfizer got in on it. They all got in on it. And I don't know really what the agenda is. People are like, oh, she'll turn out the vote for Biden. I don't really believe that anyone cares who no. she's voting for. So I, to me, that seems like bullshit. When's the last time anyone voted someone because of a celebrity voted for them? I, I, you know? I mean, you know, you know, they have used celebrities since time immemorial to try to get the vote. Or, you know, Richard Nixon had Elvis in the White House to try to, sure. you know, they, they, they do that kind of operation. And, and it's funny because the NSA, I showed you that clip, like literally named Taylor Swift as like somebody to lean on to help influence um, politics, but I, I think the most likely scenario is it was a marketing money-making scheme and that, um, and that it's not like, and that the NFL is probably not fixing games in, without, without like a good explanation of what everybody's getting out of it that we understand. As I said, I, I floated like there's some deep blackmail going on, like, okay, it's possible, but I'm saying like, without like some evidence of like, a good explanation of what everyone's getting out of it. It's hard for me to say, well, the NFL would risk its reputation and viability over some sort of favor for its best sponsor and Pfizer and the government barring some like strong allegation of like blackmail or something like that. I, it's hard for me to understand that. So my thesis right now is this, this one is um, just like a marketing scheme for Pfizer and for the NFL and they got them together. That's that's to me the most likely scenario. I saw all these uh, social graphics going out, people retweeting them. You know, when I say people, I mean like, you know, insiders that Taylor Swift has added over $300 million of brand equity to the NFL. How do they even measure that brand equity? It's so silly that she's added 300 million. I mean, and that it, it just doesn't make any sense. Like you could just make up a number. Like the NFL is worth $300 million more on a stock market or whatever, it, you know, whatever, however they're measuring it. I mean, right. there's no market, so they can't measure it. No one's right. like offering to buy the whole NFL. Right. <laughs> the Saudis are going to buy the NFL. They just up their offer by $300 million. Right. Like, and is there a bit, another bidder? You know, I mean, there's just yeah. no way to know. Um, so I, I, look, I, I think it, I mean, I think like, you know, she will bring eyeballs to those games maybe that they didn't have. And they probably have some like, can, you know, because that's what many, the Super Bowl needs more people watching, right? That's exactly right. What, what the hole in the NFL was. 
But I mean, but like the you know the playoff games could have gotten more viewers because of her sure. or whatever. I'm sure they did. I mean, again, like like we, we were talking about the Patriots and the Patriot Act, and then the Saints, and there's probably others that I'm not thinking of in that horrible Super Bowl. Um, I, I I think it's it's like more than plausible that there have been some NFL games that we may not even realize that have been fixed um, or at least certain plays or the or outcome manipulated. Right. Because I mean, look, it happened. We know about in college basketball, it we know about it in pro basketball. We know it happened. Right. Like for a right. fact. So it's like, and, and we've seen some very sketchy things, but the craziest one I wrote about this was the 2013, 14 playoffs. So in the lions Cowboys game, the lions were up 20 to 17 with like nine and eight and a half, nine minutes left. And the lions are driving past midfield and Stafford, uh, tries to throw a ball to Brandon Pettigrew and he is totally wiped out before the ball gets there and they throw a flag and then they pick it up. Now, if they complete that, they probably get at least a field goal and maybe they run clock and score a touchdown and maybe the Lions win that game. In the subsequent game, Dallas is playing Green Bay and Des Bryant makes an incredible catch on the sideline. This ruled the catch and everyone knows this catch. It gets overturned by some lawyering on the replay. Okay, so, so Green Bay, not Dallas, moves on. Green Bay is up like, I want to say like 22 to 10 or something like that in the fourth quarter with like five minutes left. And somehow um, in one of the most incredible collapses in the history of the league, botches that game to the Seahawks somehow. And I don't know, it was Mike McCarthy. It was just crazy stuff, a fumbled onside kick, a whole bunch of stuff. Then in the Super Bowl, Seattle has the game one. They're on the one yard line. They just got to hand it to Marshawn Lynch and Russell Wilson throws that interception inexplicably on like second down and the Patriots win the Super Bowl. So that was every step from in the NFC, from the wild card game all the way through the Super Bowl. There was like just a bizarre, inexplicable, um, total reversal of events that um, that just that season just seems so arbitrary to me. So that was another one that that felt you know if something were to be fixed, that would be it. And again, like like I'm not saying I know these things are fixed. I'm not saying I have proof. I'm just saying that given that it happened in the NBA, given that that Super Bowl between the uh, Steelers and Seahawks was so badly officiated and they even admitted it. Um, I think there's, it's, it's not just plausible, but probably likely and, and the amount of that's at stake that there have been some games that we don't even realize were fixed. I don't treat the NFL as though it's fixed. I bet on it and follow it as though it's real. I don't think it's like pro wrestling. And I think if it were fixed, it would be like pro wrestling where a lot of the great plays are all organic. They're happening, but they just kind of keep an eye on, a couple outcomes. of things, outcomes and, right. you know, right. like Hulk Hogan gets smashed through a table. Then he gets razor wire, cuts his face, but he ends up pinning King Kong Bundy somehow at the end. Right. And, and like those moves they work on those like yeah. superfly, superfly snookas, like off the top work, rope. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're like working on those moves. Like it's real, but yeah, I mean, they're not really hurting. I mean, they get hurt a little bit. No, they but get like, hurt. These guys get hurt. But I mean, they don't get hurt as if it's like a fight to the death, right? But, right, right, right. But Which I mean, normal athletic Terry right. CLs, you know, break hits, right? Whatever. And, and when they like knees. punch the guy in the face and professional wrestler, they're not really punching the guy in the face, but they might punch him a little bit in the face. Um, and so, you know, if it were fixed, it would be kind of like that. But I just think a we should be open to the possibility that some of it's fixed, and b um, open to the possibility, given like the last few years that like. I mean, there is widespread fraud. They just re they just retracted like all these cancer papers. Like they were all fake. They were just fake, fraudulent. They're like the, these Harvard DEI consultants, and the president was just a serial plagiarist. And that was just like they're just copying people's work and passing it. Like there is fraud 
so uh i mean the the congress is insider trading on both sides of the aisle like they're better investors than than warren buffett these people and and people are like no there's no way this is fixed how do you know and so again like barring what can you like, do about it though what can you can you do anything well, about it so i think it was draft sheet or somebody said oh it's fixed just bet on it there's something called a sports book and just it's very easy if it's right. fixed. If you know the answer. But you might not know how it's fixed, right? I may know that it's fixed, but I may not know who, like if Hulk Hogan or whoever's going to win, maybe it's the Iron Sheik this year, you know? And, no, and, don't say that. <laughs> and, and so, you know, I bet on Hogan and and it was the one year the Iron Sheik won. You, know, you don't know by, what the by plan the way, is. Iron yeah. Sheik did win a, a heavyweight championship. Um, he beat Bob Backlund. So they did oh. have a bad guy as a... Uh, Fine. That's what I'm saying. You know, yeah. so, so just because... You thought it was fixed doesn't mean you would know in the direction in which it were fixed. Um, but but I think bottom line, like there are some I mean, the Patriots one is so crazy. I mean, it's just so bizarre. But, you know, there are coincidences. And what about Bill Belichick? He cut not only does he win for 20 years, he covers the spread of 58 well, percent. It's on my list here. So I'm what right. I'm going to do is I'm going to read down the list of conspiracy theories when right. one. You know, if, if I'm going to look at you after each one. If there's, if you want to make comments on any of these, sure. Spygate, the Flakegate's on there. You know, sure. so I mean, the first one I started with something most ridiculous, right? And you've heard this because we are of a similar generation. But Jimmy Hoffa is buried under Giant Stadium. That one, you've heard that one. I've heard it, but I don't know enough about Hoffa. I saw the movie; it was pretty good, but I don't really know. Right. Well, um, according to the uh, movie, Hoffa was killed in his home, or in a he was on a hit. You know, right. and Jimmy Hoffa, by the way, was the head of the Teamsters Union, Mafia Ties. They were ripping off the uh, Teamsters pension. He didn't want to play ball anymore and goodbye. But, you know, for years, the uh, rumor was he was buried under the goalposts in Giant Stadium. Right. I mean, it's possible, but I don't have any one way or the other. OK. All right. Well, so that's the more ridiculous lights out at the Super Bowl. You remember the Ravens Super Bowl when the lights went out when they were it was, uh, it was Niners Ravens. Is that one? Yeah. Yeah. So the Baltimore was up to a 28 to six lead over the Niners in the third quarter of the Super Bowl. And all of a sudden the lights go out. San Francisco uh, rallied. And I mean, the Ravens ended up winning 34, 31, but the Ravens thought, you know, that they came out, Ray Lewis, all those guys that they wanted to break, break up the momentum and get it so it would be more competitive Super Bowl because it was on its way to being one of the least watched Super Bowls of all time. People tune out, it's an hour delay, you know, it's a blowout, all those type of things. Yeah, I, I forgot about that. I had I bet the Ravens, so I'm glad that they, they covered they that cover? spread. I think they did cover, yeah. yeah. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if that's, I have no idea. All right. No, no opinion on that. Russell Wilson, Super Bowl INT that they wanted. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, that, that year just seemed like one giant conspiracy. I mean, you know, I, you know, I know Ted Bell credits Belichick for not calling the timeout. And so Seattle, you know, didn't get to like reset and think about it. Um, even though you think you got to call a timeout because you might have 20 seconds left if they score. Um, but also it might have just been. That was really bizarre. I mean, why wouldn't you hand it off? They had timeout, so if if Lynch gets stuffed, they could always throw it on third down. All right. Uh, Super Bowl Fifty One was fixed. I mean, the, that's the uh, Brady comeback of the Atlanta Falcons. I oh believe. my God, I lost so much. I I was up. I had the Falcons. I had Fal Falcons on alternate lines at like minus seven and a half. I was at Barcelona at four in the morning, uh, watching in a hotel room with my family sleeping. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to win like all this money. And I lost all of it. And I couldn't even yell or anything because they were asleep. Um, it was really <laughs> I love to see that. <laughs> oh, I was so pissed. I was such bullshit. You know, now that I think about it, it, it really seems I mean, come on. I mean, Kyle Shanahan. It was like a Rocky he, movie. Like where Kyle Shanahan. It, yeah, it's like third and ten or something. And, and they're up eight and they're in field goal range. And all he has to do is hand it off 
run another 30 seconds off the clock, kick a field goal to go up 11. Matt Ryan goes back to pass and gets sacked out of field goal range. And the Patriots are just down one score. Um, I was, it was like just malpractice. Uh, maybe, maybe. That All one right. was weird. Yeah. All right. The NF, here's the next conspiracy theory. The, the NFL hides PED testings for stars. Uh, maybe. I, I, I'm almost and They publicize positive. the scrubs. Uh, very possible. Um, but that's, le- that's not really fixed. That's just sort of. Well, it's conspiracy theory. You know, like they don't right, care. They, well, I mean, I think, you know, the COVID stuff, I think, I think you know, all those athletes, lot, you know, they said they were testing, oh, 99% tested negative or took the vaccine. That was total bullshit. Like I, Brady, I doubt he took it. You know, Rogers was outspoken about it, but I'm sure a lot of them didn't take it. Okay. So for years in through all the way through the nineties, uh, all the concussion stuff, um, then, you know, last year, the year before they're basically, you know, three games out with a concussion. And now this year you don't hear a word about it. The NFL, uh, overcorrected the concussion stuff and they realize people don't care and they want the players on the field anyway. Oh, I mean, during, you know, when it's playoff crunch time, nobody sits out a game on a concussion. I mean, you know, I, you've got to play through a concussion, you know, I mean, it, it's a no brainer, you know, really seriously. Yeah. I mean, that's all I had those. And then obviously deflate gate, um, spy gate. You have any, I mean, spy, you know, all those things like seem like kind of like the Astros stealing signs. Like a lot of people do it. They got busted for some reason. The NFL decided to come down on it. Um, Working the margins. Here's my my Belichick theory, though. I mean, here's weird. It's like, okay, so the Patriots, another thing. Okay. So not only did like the greatest dynasty of all time, they covered a 58% clip or whatever it was for like 16 years. All of a sudden, Belichick can't coach anymore. Like he's a horrible coach. He doesn't know anything about personnel. He doesn't know anything about coaching. He's like, you know, like the Patriots, like not only did were they bad the last few years, they didn't even have a plan. Like there's a lot of bad teams that are like, you know, okay, well, they're they're developing this guy or they're, right. you know, working toward this. Like they just they were just flailing, making almost draft picks at random. I mean, Belichick doesn't understand football anymore. Like, what what was that? Like it's almost like, how could somebody that brilliant be that out of it? it, it there's something so weird about that that it's not just like some average guy who had a couple good years. And then you're suddenly like, guys, oh, maybe he wasn't as good. Maybe he just had good personnel. And obviously Brady was a huge difference maker, but like, really, you just don't even know how to coach anymore. It was very, it's a very strange, it, it would like be perfect if they just like pulled the plug on like whatever the cheating was, this is what it would look like. Well, the defense was still good, even without, remember they lost a couple key guys early in the year, maybe just, you know, never was a really good GM and, and Brady was covering up a lot of mistakes. So when you pass on AJ Brown for Nikhil Harry, when you, when you're, you overpaid Sony for Michelle Marshall. instead of Nick Chubb. Right. I mean, but I mean, but the thing, but it, you know, look, they, they didn't, they weren't like, he wasn't splitting the atom with the draft picks in the past, but they were getting, you know, the Vince Wilforks or the Richard Seymour's or the, you know, the Ty Laws or the. Uh, you know, they, they the McCordys, they, they were making some, you know, Aaron Hernandez was a killer pick, Gronkowski. Uh, they were making some good picks, right? Like back in the day. And they made basically no good picks um, in the last five years. I mean, again, you know, drafting's hard. There's a lot of variability. And, and so, you know, look, you can explain a lot of this stuff. It just, Belichick just didn't seem to be a value add at all the last couple of years on the sidelines. Because how bad would the team have been if you're saying he still is a value add? So can you imagine going from like, honestly, the considered the greatest coach in any sport of all time 
to not even adding any value. Not getting a go, job when there's uh, a lot of jobs open. Think about it. And Mike Tomlin, right? Like Mike Tomlin is considered a good coach. He never goes under 500. The Steelers ebb and flow in terms of whether they have Roethlisberger or Kenny Pickett or Mason Rudolph. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they ebb and flow in terms of like what their personnel is, right? But Mike Tomlin is still, you know, doing a good job. He's still like a, a he still made the playoffs this year. But in a tougher division. Yeah. Yeah, and but Belichick is just like suddenly, you know, completely um, out to lunch. I this is weird, you know. So that is, you know, that that's just a data point. Um, my my thing is, you know, I, I my my premise is there has been some fixing, some of which is awfully suspicious in certain games, some of which we probably have no clue about. Um, but without actual specific hard evidence, um, and given that it would be that to me that the other thing is it would be hard to keep it under wraps. Like let's say you know, wrestling, right? Everyone kind of knows it's fake. Um, but if, if the NFL were like professional wrestling, like wouldn't somebody spill the beans? I mean, wouldn't, um, Gronk after retiring be like, yeah, we, we, we tanked a couple, like, like they'd have to have a really strong non-disclosure. They'd really have to, I mean, what about somebody who's like, uh, didn't get his, um, you know, his, his payments for his disability. Cause the NFL was super stingy about that shit. Like right. he wouldn't, someone like that wouldn't talk or Lyle Alzado on his deathbed. Lyle Alzado. Like, I forgot yeah. about him. Yeah. Well, I mean, he took all the roids, but like, you know, somebody wouldn't spill the beans. It seems like that's the strongest argument against is that we'd probably, you know, somebody would have said something probably by now. Yeah. Uh, the other conspiracy theory is NBA related. And then I just want to get into some some NFL talk about um, what's going on and, you know, a little looking forward is do you remember the Ewing to the Knicks conspiracy theory with the cold envelope? Do you remember? Oh, that right. I don't remember. I mean, you mean that the Knicks so, got the first pick and got so, Ewing. yeah. So they used to draw the N NBA lottery by putting their hand into a, like a bag and pulling out an envelope and then they would open the envelope and that whatever team was inside the envelope, that was what pick. And the theory was they wanted Patrick Ewing in 1985 to go to the Knicks. So they put that envelope in the freezer. And then right before they put the envelopes in the bag that they threw, you know, the, said, the, grab the cold one, right. Feel the cold the one. But you, you don't grab the cold one. The cold one's oh, the last oh, one out. Right. You know what I'm saying? The freezer. And all the other GMs complied. They, they were like, no, 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 they didn't know about it. It was the NBA wanted you. Oh, oh, they, oh, right. They picked the envelopes. David one. Stern at the time picks was the picking the I see. So he could just feel which one not to pick until yes. the next turn was up and then yes. pick a number. I mean, again, like, you, you know, <laughs> I, it's not here's the, here's the thing and, and and i mean this is going to piss people off but like you know the 2020 election people ask about it it's not a question of well you know did you look at the evidence and what happened and who had the ballots and this and that that's not to me i mean you can and, and i respect people who do the deep dive in these things to me it's like every both parties everybody involved in these kind of high stakes um events would cheat it's not like they draw some line like they'll lock you in your house they'll force you to take medicine they'll insider trade uh and steal money from the capital markets oh but they would never cheat in an election even if they thought they can get away with it they would never cheat in a draft thing they would never the would never is bullshit they right. would absolutely cheat both parties would absolutely cheat the only question is did they have the opportunity and did they have the means that is it, right? It's not a question of would they, are they too moral to do such a thing? Do, do not kid yourself about any of these entities. Would they cheat? If there was some reason, if they had some good reason to cheat and the opportunity to cheat, would they? Of course they would. Of course they would fix a game if it was important enough for them to fix it, if the incentives were there and they had the opportunity and they thought they could get away with it. They wouldn't even risk getting caught 
if they thought there was at least a good chance they could get away with it. The question is always, did they have a motive? Do they have the opportunity? Not would they do it? I think if your framework is um, no way an upstanding organization like the NFL would cheat or the NBA, I, I just think you're naive um, at this point in 2024 um, in a way that is just, um, it's just, it, it just, you're out of touch with, with your untethered to reality, all of these uh, entities would cheat. And then your only real assessment is, did they have the motive and the opportunity? That's it. Yeah. There's uh, an old Chris rock joke that kind of applies here. It's a little bit of a, a stretch, but he says, he makes the joke that men are only as faithful as their options, like the NFL, you know? So, so. I think, well, I mean, so I'll, I'll push back just a tiny bit on that. That is funny. It's just but a that, joke. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a good joke. Um, you know, it's like, oh yeah, you didn't cheat. You're so faithful. Yeah, because right. nobody. I got interested. no options. Yeah, your wife was the only one that would even consider. <laughs> I'm a even fat she's, slob. It's yeah. gross. Yeah, even she's not yeah. thrilled yeah. about it, right? <laughs> but 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 the reality is, individual humans can make you know can have standards, right? It can actually have standards, but in general, like powerful organizations, um, like sports leagues or um, you know election commissions or elected officials almost always don't, you know, I mean, or, or pres you should presume that they don't. Um, I think that the, the average individual, um, even though on average, they probably don't either. I think though it's, it's possible for your fellow citizen to have a high standard, but it's almost impossible for your powerful organization to have one. Yeah. Uh, let's talk a little NFL now. Uh, if that's all right, we'll put the conspiracy theories to bed. I love this conversation. I could do it for two hours. I, I really like the piece that you wrote. I love, I, I love conspiracy. I, I think people yeah. should be entertaining them all the time. I mean, you yeah. should always be just like, Hmm, what if, why not? I mean, I, what, what kind of mind just shuts off interesting, fascinating. Uh, I, I love reading about stuff. The one yeah. I'm still pissed about was the Nana was the, uh, you know, the emergency broadcast alert was supposed to activate nah. nanoparticles in the vaccine and zombify 70% yeah. of the population. And I was ready. I was ready for an apocalypse. I was all ready and didn't happen. So I, I get bummed out when they don't come true. I'm watching Oliver Stone. It came out a couple of years ago on Showtime. It's called Oliver Stone's Untold History of the United States. And he, I mean, people call him a conspiracy theorist. Obviously, he had the JFK movie, all this other stuff. But he had, you know, this everyone thinks about. And again, I don't want to bore people with the, the details here, but he debunks a lot of the narratives and turns them into conspiracy theories like World War II ended because we dropped the atomic bomb. He goes into a whole reason why that's not the truth. Like the Japanese were going to surrender anyway. And so conspiracy theories. Uh, uh, that, I saw I'm, that a long time ago. It's like 10 years old, but I, yeah. I saw that. I yeah, saw I'm, I'm rewatching it now just as a, uh, you know, kind of, I, I've been into this history, you know, documentary uh, sort of thing lately. So well, yeah, there, that was was a a, there was a Naval Ravikan quote that was like, if you think the news is fake, try history. Right. right? I mean, it's like and the news today <laughs> isn't even reliable. What do you think happened a hundred years ago? Right. When there was no know? proof and no checks and no social media. All right. One, um, we're halfway, we're a little more than halfway through. So let's, um, let's talk a little NFL. Okay. Uh, I, I want to talk about the two teams that are eliminated specifically, you know, what we think and then for fantasy for next year. So you have Lamar Jackson and uh, Baltimore Ravens first eliminated, uh, by the way, today their defensive coordinator. And when I say today, it's early February, uh, Mike McDonald was hired to be the Seattle Seahawks coach. So do you think that that, um, well, 
defensive coach in Seattle? Do you think that that is a good fit? Not him specifically, because who knows, right? But I don't have the script, man. I have no idea. Ah, <laughs> good callback. Yeah, yeah. Good callback. Yeah. I, I just I thought they would go with someone more offensive minded. I know they were talking about Dan Quinn and all that kind of stuff, but I don't know. I, I, I don't uh, know. I don't have any. Yeah. I have no idea. You know, coordinators. Right. It's just really a. I don't know how much of the Ravens' defense was just because they had Roquan Smith and Kyle right. Hamilton that, and those guys, and how much is the coordinator? And then even if it was the coordinator. How do you know if he's a good head coach versus the coordinator? You know, I mean, like Arthur like Smith was a good coordinator. He was a terrible head coach. I mean, you just, it's impossible to know this stuff. Yeah. People, oh, I like this. This is going to do this. You have no idea. Well, you brought up Arthur Smith. We'll, we'll pivot around a little bit as these topics come up. Uh, he's now the Steelers head co- uh sorry uh, offensive coordinator i already see uh you know the dynasty crowd on on twitter saying uh-oh for you know george pickens and Najee harris because he doesn't use his stars you know get all your shares of jalen warren and uh right. the backup tight end darnell washington right i mean so I, I mean i think if you think back to arthur smith when he was in tennessee all the primary weapons were, were targeted and used derrick henry was the guy i mean that was yeah. the guy who got all the all the work um i i I just think you don't want to overfit to like something somebody did somewhere, you know, uh, it is crazy what he did though. Like not targeting his three blue chip players, uh, like a hundred percent of the time, you know, in Atlanta, it was, it was weird. I mean, I, you know, look, I, I understand some of it. I think people don't understand that misdirection and like, if, if you're like in a fight with somebody, right. It's like, you want to punch them when they don't expect it. You know, it's, it's not about how good of a, it's not if if you hit somebody where they're not defending it, that's better than using your best punch. Um, and I think you know, in, in a game, like surprise is a huge thing. Now, why were they Bijan not even in the game and they're handing it off to Algier? Like it's not that surprising. That's the back that's in the game. Um, but you know, I think I think he's maybe overthought it and and then when he got criticized, was trying to vindicate himself, maybe, and then like went back to it more than he should have. Right. But but I, I, yeah, I don't want to overfit that and say, oh, that means it's going to be like this. Plus, Pittsburgh, you know, Tomlin was the opposite. Tomlin would just lean on one guy. It was crazy. He had Levy on Bell had like the biggest workload by far in the NFL. And then when Bell got hurt one year, Angel Williams. Williams was just the Levy on Bell. And then when Bell came back, Daniel Williams didn't exist, even though he was really good when he when he filled in for Bell. So and then it happened with James Conner also when he was a Steeler. Right, he was all James Conner, and so. Um, this year was the first time they started splitting a bit between two backs and they both did pretty well at the end. Uh, so I don't know, you know, I, I, I wouldn't get, I wouldn't get to, you know, and I'm sure Tomlin's going to have a talk. He's his boss. He's going to say, this is what we want to do. You figure it out, but this is the, you know, I mean, of course it's going to be different in a different environment. Yeah. Uh, so Baltimore Ravens, Lamar for next year, QB what? So I think we agree. Josh Allen should be the first quarterback off the board. I, I think Lamar should be the second quarterback off the board for fantasy football and drafts. I've already done a couple underdog drafts. I'll, I'll give you a couple observations about the. I, I wouldn't. Josh Allen's the only one I would take, and I'd take him in like the third. And yeah, I don't mean third. what you would do strategy yeah. wise. Oh, just like I mean, predictions. You, you have to make rankings, right? I'm forcing you to make Chris. I rankings. won't make. I don't make rankings, but uh, come on, you know what I'm saying. I'm forcing you to make these proverbial. I won't rankings. make a ranking. But the point <laughs> is, I I just cross them off my list. You know, it's like I wouldn't even think of a quarterback. But if Allen were there in like mid three, I'd be like. Well, maybe That's where he's going. That's where oh, he's going. I think yeah. about it, you know, but like um, pretty much like there's so many good options, a quarterback later. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'd have to think about it. I have to look at it. I so it's either at- Stroud, it's Mahomes, it's Jalen Hurts. Uh, you know, some people are even back in on Joe Burrow high as a top three player. I just think like 
Lamar, like second year in Todd Munkin's system next year. They'll probably add some more weapons in free agency. Yeah, Andrews draft. will likely be healthier this year yes. than last year. So um, I, just I don't, don't think they're that. gonna add that much more. I mean, they have Zay Flowers, you know, Odell's probably good. gone. Yeah, but they'll add, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, if they got somebody really good, it would be it would change things a bit. But even but even if you get like a Gabe Davis in free agency or someone like that, someone right. that's not great, but just another depth piece that's a real NFL player. Yeah. I mean, Lamar had a good year. I mean, he's gonna win MVP. It wasn't like a crazy stat year, like you know, but I just again like I just Dude. don't see I mean, like Dak Prescott was in the tenth round last year. It's just I, I, I think they're strategy, all the, they're all right? the same. They're all the same. I don't know. You can say Lamar's the number two guy. I, I mean it's fine. I, yeah. I wouldn't fight you, but I just think there's Josh Allen, and then there's like six guys that are all basically the same. And then like a round or two after that, there's like six more guys that are all basically the same. And it doesn't really matter if people take Lamar second. Fair enough. Um, running backs that almost presumably upgrade running back. The, you know, the momentum is, is Derrick Henry, 30 year old Derrick Henry would end up in Baltimore. If that does happen is Derrick Henry. Cause in the draft that I did, he went like the seventh round of a redraft because this unknown, he's 30 years old. Do you think yeah. that being signed, uh, whoever the Ravens sign, if it's like a brand name guy, like a Barkley or Derrick Henry, uh, well, Barkley that is, that's a whole different thing. Cause he catches passes. He's younger than, I don't Henry. think it's going to be Barkley, but but that would be a, a whole different, you know, kind Josh of game, game shit. I don't love the Ravens for running though, because uh, even though it's easier to get, be efficient behind, you know, next to someone like Lamar, um, Lamar doesn't look to pass to the running backs that often. And a lot of running quarterbacks, when there's a problem, they take off. Right. And if you're Lamar, why not? Why do you, you don't need to get it into somebody else's hands. Um, you could say, well, I'll preserve my health by doing that. But you know, they, they play instinctually how they've played since they were young and to ask a, even Mahomes takes off, right? Like you never get one of those Chiefs running backs, even peak Kareem Hunt um, before his stint as a kicker was catching, you know, 45, 50. He was never catching 75 passes. And I think that like um, you really want one of those Tom Brady's or Philip Rivers type quarterbacks. Baker Mayfield's. Baker Mayfield's to just, you know, just to dump off to the running back who, you know, hey, I'm not that mobile. I, as soon as there's a problem, I have an outlet, a check down to go to. Um, and and I think that's where it's optimal for the running back. And Lamar is obviously not that. The reason I bring up Baker, I was just, um, I did a dynasty draft, super flex draft. And I, you know, I reached on Baker. And again, I didn't think it was reaching. It was like the five, six turn. Right. Uh, and people are like, oh, you really think Baker? I'm like, the guy's earned himself a two-year contract minimum for what he did. Uh, and when you're talking about dynasty, you just want in that range of quarterback, you want someone that has multiple years of, of security. So obviously it hasn't happened yet. How funny is this whole court, you know, running backs don't matter. The whole thing is full circle. It's like, it's like, oh yeah. Quarterbacks like, yeah, don't matter. <laughs> yeah. Get Baker, get golf, get Purdy. You know, why, why you don't need to trade up your whole, you know, three years with the draft capital for, you know, Trevor Lawrence or whoever, you know, or get some, you know, we, we could just literally just get a guy who's okay and then give him a good offensive line uh, and build a defense. And now you've got the 49ers that are like, you know, they're not, they've never won anything, but they're like almost a, you know, a dynasty in terms of like getting to the championship game every year, being one of the, the top contenders. Cause they've got Bosa and they've got Trent Williams and they've got all these skill guys and like Debo and McCaffrey. And it's like, okay, just get a, a solid QB and Purdy's pretty good, but it's like Purdy Mayfield golf. Look, look at who is, you know, I mean, Mahomes is a wizard and can do all this stuff, but it's like he didn't even have a good year. I mean, you, you look at his stats. You know, Purdy's stats were way better than Mahomes' stats this year. 
So right. it, it's just uh, it's just interesting how it's developing in the NFL. All right, and you're uh, you're solidly in now on uh, Zay Flowers after you and I have had some back and forth, uh, kind of playful banter. Because you were on the clock just in a rookie draft last year when we knew nothing, we knew nothing, and you were basically asking. Uh, should I take Achan? Should I take Zay Flowers or Quentin Johnson? Even though the consensus was Quentin Johnson, you and I quickly well, said well, yeah, no, that wasn't the choice. That wasn't yeah. even like our choice. So I suggested Zay Flowers for Dynasty. Achan obviously has the explosive upside we know now. But are you now happy with that pick? Or if you can unwind it, would you trade, uh, I guess, in Dynasty? Straight right? up, I would trade him for Achan just because okay. Achan could That's be. Fair. And Mostert is, you know, obviously. Now, the problem with Achan, he's like 185 pounds or something. He's not I don't like. I think he's that. Is he that heavy? Oh, you he might be right. Good. I'm looking it up. But that's very light for a running back. Uh, yeah. But anyway, but the but the point is that he's so good. But, you know, the, I don't know what his shelf life is going to be. Zay Flowers could play for 10 years. You know, he could and he's good. good. And yeah. He's no, good. no. Zay Flowers is good. I mean, it yeah. certainly I'm was the right. second best pick. You know, like uh, Kincaid, you know, may turn out to be have been a good pick that, I, that was available there. Um, but certainly flowers was, um, a good pick. It was certainly a good pick. It wasn't like a, a whiff, you know, it was a floor with upside pick. Yeah. It was, it was like the, it was like the smart pick, like the savvy pick, but I just said, but, but, you know, but but I was, HN was the guy I was thinking of. Um, and then as I said, Mark Stopa used the word outlier and I was like, Oh, I'm just writing a piece on outliers. And, uh, he, he was saying in a negative way, he'd have to be an outlier to be worth it. And I was thinking, uh, oh outlier so next year as we just finish up our ravens talk here uh mark andrews uh, i mean he'll be the consensus tight end two maybe even one depending on you know sam laporta probably number one it'll be laporta be one so really my question is i in the early best balls that i did i uh, trey mcbride was like tight end seven i think i would take him as the number two guy and if someone's going to take andrews i mean remember that uh, that McBride was getting like 10 plus targets a game. I mean, he was almost like a wide receiver. Now you could, it, it he was the highest tight end drafted a couple years ago in his class. I would have him as the tight end too. I mean, I guess really the question is Mark Andrews. Where are you going? Are you going to, I mean, I haven't thought about any of this stuff and I haven't like looked at all of them, but probably not. Forward. I mean, the, the guys, the guys that I typically end up with, I like Kittle. I think Kittle, um, every year goes a little too low. Um, I think that he's Very just boomer a t- bus though. He, well, I mean, he's a touchdown guy, but he's still really good. And, you know, he's still at sort of the late peak for a tight end. Um, and then the other guys, th- then I'll probably just be like, there's just so many tight ends. I like Evan Ingram, like whatever. I, I like Pat Fryermuth for free. You know, yeah. I, I, I like there's just so many tight ends that are going to be available. Um, I like Darren Waller for free now that I didn't have to pay a fifth round pick for him. You I know? got like, him in the twelfth round in the best ball I did the other exactly. day. Exactly. Like, you know, obviously he's so injury prone and, and those fifth round picks I used on him did not pan out. But you know, you start doing it in the in the twelfth and, and it's like he could be tight end too. You know, I mean it's just yeah. there's just there's so many good options. Njoku this year was a great pick and Ingram is probably nice if he could score a touchdown. Yeah, the problem with Njoku <laughs> is that he really had the breakout with Flacco and by all accounts it's going to be Deshaun Watson. If you look at his game log and Joker with, uh, with Deshaun Watson, it's not good. Yeah. I mean, you can massage it however you want, but I, ah, very good. But I still like in All right. Lions were eliminated. Let's just do, you know, the state of the state on the lions past and moving forward. Um, you are now solidly in camp. Amon Ross St. Brown is a top seven fantasy pick for next year. Yeah. Yeah. He's just, he's everywhere. I like this. He gets the targets. 
Um, he's good. He's a good player. <laughs> I mean, he's not explosive, but you know what? Neither was Devontae Adams. And you know, Devontae Adams was, was Amon Ra plus red zone, like yeah. real red zone, like skills. Well, he was also like pick one or two in, in redraft. Yeah. Devontae no, Adams no, in his peak. No, no, yeah. no, yeah, I know. But I'm just saying, like, so like I always was like down on Devontae because he could never break like big plays, like get behind the defense. And Amon Ra doesn't do that either. And he's not a red zone guy. It's just that he's just Good at um, football. <laughs> well, he's good at football and he's just like going to get 160 targets and catch 110. And that's enough, you know, in a good offense where they're going to be um, close to the goal line a lot. You don't need to get a lot of deep throws in, in the Lions offense right now. So, um, yeah, he's a top seven guy. I think it's pretty fair to say. Easy. Which leads me to the Jamison Williams. I, I've identified him as one of the best values. He's he's going wide receiver 51 in underdog. That's like 10th round. I would take him in the eighth. I could see him moving up as far as like the fifth or sixth. Uh, you had mentioned in one of your write-ups that like he did it on the biggest stage. He's a former first-round pick. I guess the argument against Jamison Williams and why I'm, uh, I, I'm a little hesitant to go all in on him is that he's li- literally the fourth option. If you talk about Laporta, if you talk about... Um, Gibbs and then Amon Ross St. Brown. So he's well, Montgomery. Jared I mean, he's a fifth. He's a fifth option. I mean, well, passing fourth, option, yeah, but that's, but I mean, the offense is the offense, right? Montgomery gets a big chunk of the offense too. Um, I, I think that there's some Kadarius Tony risk, you know, where you see him like look amazing for a couple plays. Uh, I was going to say Will Fuller. Okay. okay. But that well, Tony's but, good. Too. I mean, because remember Jameson got suspended. Like, right. He's kind of, you know, he's kind of a knucklehead. So did Will Fuller. Oh, he did. yeah, that's true. Uh, but Will Fuller <laughs> needed it because that was the one good year he had was he had to roid himself into health. So it was like the only thing he could do. Right. But uh, but but I think the more likely scenario is that um, he was hurt one year, right? He's hurt coming into his rookie year and then he knuckleheaded himself into a suspension. But that like he's finally getting it and he's got the confidence now because he did it on the biggest stage. And that if, you know, Amon Ra gets hurt or Laporta gets hurt or even if they don't get hurt, this may be a genuine breakout, you know, and you may have a top three offense in the, in football. I mean, they're already basically that, but like really like a really top offense and it's going to be just those guys. You're going to, you know, he's going to take all of Josh Reynolds work. He's going to take, you know, the work that would have gone to a backup tight end. You know, he's just going to be, that's going to go to him. So you may have, um, <clears throat> you know, like 3000 yard guys or 2000 yard guns at a nine fifty with seven or eight touchdowns. And that's Jamison Williams. And also, if you're doing like underdog early on or best balls, whatever, it's like you never have to call the shot. You never have to pick right. the week. You just, you know, so yeah. if he's going to go in the eighth round, seventh round, I mean, I've, so far I've done two best balls. I, I've reached for him a couple rounds um, every time. You know, it's it, if you see the receivers that go around him. All right. Um, with all with basically Laporta going in the first few rounds with Gibbs is going to second round pick and Amon Ra's first round pick. Jared Goff is still like QB like 14. Yeah, because, you know, there's no running, right? So that kills some upside. The Lions do like to run at the goal line sometimes. So that, but it's weird, know, right? Because all those pl- three players in the top 36. Yeah, I mean, they said that about Purdy, right? And I drafted Purdy in a couple leagues and was like, oh, actually, that's true. They've, it's like they've got McCaffrey who's a passing game guy. They've got Debo. They've got Ayuk. They've got Kittle. How is Purdy going in the 19th round? Well, he shouldn't have. He should have gone like that. Well, because the Trey Lance thing was unsettled at the time. No, but it was settled by the time we started the season pretty much. They traded him, right? And and so I got Purdy in like the 19th round as my backup to Prescott. And everyone's like, oh, you got to get a quarterback early this year. Um, And and it was true, right? And maybe, and golf, you know, won't be that cheap. He'll be like, what, like 10th, 11th round? That's cheap. But, but, But golf, I think, is very high floor. I mean, you know, I think that's, 
But that's why you never want to. Why would you take a quarterback in the fifth round when golf's there in the 10th or 11th, right? Yep, makes sense. Uh, I can sense uh, I'm deflating you with this sports talk. So um, I don't, I don't, I don't mind. I, you know, I, I think about it. You know, I mean, it's, it's a, a sports podcast. You know, I just, I just don't like, um, like I'm not doing best balls right now. You know, I'm well, doing I just, some, yeah, I'm I doing understand. Some baseball. Oh, let me make a a a, a pitch for the uh, NFBC league that I'm doing. Beat Chrysalis one. It is uh, is Wednesday, six days from now at noon Eastern. Well, and, no one knows uh, the date. Right now, it's February 1st as we're recording. Right. So this will be February 7th at Wednesday at noon Eastern. And uh, and sign up if you want to do it. I mean, I get comped, full full disclosure. Uh, I know there's a big, you know, we talked about this last week. The NFFC had the uh, controversy where um, one of the employees, Derek, was thumbing the scale and cheating for uh, at least one guy. They are looking into it. I, I, I've known Greg a long time. I vouched for him. I said last week, I think that, you know, I just trust him. I would be absolutely floored, you know, if there was anything more than just a one rogue employee on his watch. And uh, and they're I'm, gonna have, I'm all in. They're going to have third party U.S. integrity now. They're going to be the only game in town that has a third party credible uh, overseer for all their games now. So this is actually going to end up yielding better security. Yeah, theoretically, I mean, theoretically. obviously, right. Obviously, they have to because now they're under scrutiny. Yeah, which is, um, but but is but is. just but to me, it's a reputational thing. Mostly, it's like, okay, is this some sort of shady company where everyone's in on it? I mean, there are people insinuating, oh, I bet Greg's been in on it. Like, again, you never know. He, he might have been on Epstein's plane. He might have a corpse in his closet. But I've known the guy for like twenty years, and he's been in the business for thirty. And I would be absolutely floored if there was anything more than what it, than the surface thing. He's just such a like solid guy. And so, you know, um, we're all so imperfect judges. Then. We're all imperfect judges of character, but I, I stand by the guy hundred percent and, you know, and, and, and I, I'm going to play in all the leagues and I'm doing one right away. I mean, I, I don't care. I'm not worried about it at all. And I'm one of the people I've cast a lot, you know, a bunch of times in these leagues. Like I should be one of the people that's like, Hey, might I have one more money? Um, I, it doesn't even occur to me really. Um, and so, uh, again, beat Chrysalis one at noon Eastern, uh, February 7th, uh, we're doing the draft. And if you're interested, sign up. And uh, and it's going to be a cool draft because the best draft I've ever done in my life for baseball was a Yahoo Friends and Family League. I want to say it was like 2008, 2009. And it was 14 teams. And there were guys like Pianowski and Barons and very good players. And I was very underprepared. We did the draft early that year. I hadn't really gotten into it. I usually didn't start my baseball prep till March and labor. And so I had like, or maybe I'd done labor. I'd looked at the AL, but not the NL. And I was just like, seat of the pants. Like, oh, I'll, I'll take Justin Verlander. He, this could be his first good year. I'll take Justin Upton. This could be his first good year. And I finished with 133 out of 140 possible points. Won the league by, you know, 30 points or something. And against good players. It was the best baseball season I've ever had. Best baseball league I've ever done. And it was because I was underprepared. I didn't know the pool that well. And I was literally just going off of like half knowledge from the year before and just seat of the pants. So this, this draft, I've made a cheat sheet. I've looked up. I've done research. I have not looked at ADP. I'm going to be taking guys way out of turn. Probably not the first two rounds because you kind of know who goes anyway. But, you know, my, obviously I know the guy went 30-30 who's 24 years old. Julio Rodriguez or whatever is going to be highly picked. But, um, but it is going to be... I'm just trusting my my eyeballing of it and my knowledge from previous years, and uh, I haven't done that in a long time, so it's going to be an interesting draft. Yeah. Chris, I have a hard out right here, but I will oh, text you. you the A1 
see thing as well. And then, you know, the, the yeah. So we'll be back next week with a full Super Bowl preview. Can we do that? Can I get you to commit to that Super yeah, Bowl? Yeah, I'll preview? do all. Yeah, right. of course. All yeah. right. So we'll see you next week live, uh, 9 30 a.m. Eastern time on Thursday. Bye, everybody.